Of course, Angela Davies, everyone talks about Angela's strike rate, and deservedly so, because it is one of the best in the country. I actually did the exercise this morning. I went back and had a look at her past 22 runners, and 20 of them, so 20 of her past 22, the jockeys have all weighed in, and there's lots of wins and seconds and thirds in that list. And, of course, her strike rate, um, play strike rate is over 50%. Her win strike rate is over 20%. Angela Davies joins me. Good morning, Angela. Yeah, good morning, Steve. I know you, you don't probably like people talking about it all the time. Uh, you're a bit humble, but, yeah, something you should reflect on and be proud of because this is not just this season. It's every season your strike rate's very good. Yeah, look, um, yeah, it is something to be proud of. I, I don't sort of think about it too much. I just keep sort of, you know, one race goes and you think, well, how am I going to get the best out of this next one? You know, it's it, it's a little bit like that in this game. There's always something, you know, that's gone and, and we're facing the future every day with, you know, trying to unearth another one that can win a race. So, so what do you put yeah. it down to, your success and your great strike rate? It's a boutique-type stable, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is, and I'm definitely very hands-on. You know, I'm I'm in there working just the same as my staff work. Um, you know, just probably having the time to take a lot of notice of, of the horses themselves and how they are, whether they're eating, you know, just, just taking notice of their condition all the time. And I think if you've got a small stable, you've got time to do it. Um, you know, you probably don't have enough time to look at, you know, 40 horses a day and sort of think, gee, is that is that horse going okay or not, you know? So I just think it's having the time, you know, and just taking that little bit extra cutting grass in the middle of the day and going and seeing how they are through the day because they're out the back of my, my home. So they're sort of there all the time. So I think that has a, you know, fairly good impact. And large yards, large yards, I think have got a, you know, mentally the horses are very happy there. So basically attention to detail. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. I did ask you this last time, that was on a Saturday. Um, who's been the biggest influence in your career starting out as a trainer in the early days, Angela? Well, I was sort of, I was sort of self-taught, you know. I didn't, um, I only uh, strapped for a brief time for three months and then got my licence. So I was very raw. So I never really worked in a racing stable. I sort of had to watch and take notice. At the time, it probably would have been Neil Ward here when he had Riversdale, Wholesale Boom, Vane Top, and, you know, all those horses. So they were all here at Gosford and, you know, he was winning group races with Riverdale and, um, yeah, he just had a phenomenal record back then. And I used to sit and watch, you know, sort of watch him, watch how he'd work. And, yeah, you know, so so probably looking back when I first started, probably probably Neil Ward many years ago. Your first runner, I think, was just uh, well, about 24 years ago or thereabouts. Was it Gosford, um, your first winner, for a horse called Freight in 2000? Yeah, no, it went back further than that. I think it was Bold Cutter. I won, I won a two-year-old. He was having his first start for the sire, first start for me, first start as a two-year-old, and he won the two-year-old maiden on Jungle Juice Cup Day. I don't, can't remember what year it was, but that was my first first ever winner, and it was the first yearling I'd ever bought as well. So it was a real first, 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 first for the sire, <laughs> first for the first for me, first as a two-year-old. Yeah, so that was my first winner way back when. Bold cutter. <laughs> Who was the jockey back then? That was William Denmark as an apprentice, and he was an apprentice here at Gosford. <laughs> Don't remember him. For Bobby Law, for Bob Law. I remember Bob Law, and I remember Riverdale. That, that brings back so many memories. He was just yeah. a wonderful horse. Yeah, wasn't he ever. So was Old Vane Top. If you look back on Neil's records, many probably 30 years ago, 
Um, yeah, because I only started out, I only had one horse, and yeah, it was a long, slow journey to get get a few horses in the stable. Back then, they looked at women and said, "Go home and get back in the kitchen. What are you doing here?" <laughs> Yeah, so, sad days you know, really, weren't they? In the way they were hard days. They were hard days. Yeah. They'd all pat you on the head and say you're doing a good job, but they wouldn't give you a horse. You Patronising. Yeah. But even you know female riders in the early days. We often we've spoken to Pam O'Neill so many times, you know, and, and what she put up with in the early days as well, just to get a license, and then they put her in a caravan her first day, and you know we've yeah. come a long way, and that wasn't that long ago. And, and honestly, back then when I was about 15, 16, I wanted to be a jockey and my father was a bookmaker and he just said, don't even bother. He said, you will not get rides. And he just talked me out of it because back then there wasn't any women around. So, you know, he just said, don't bother, you're wasting your time. You ever so, jump on the horses and exercise them these days? No, no, not these days. Okay. Too scared. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, once your nerve goes, it's, uh, these guys don't buck around when they want to get rid of you. They will get rid of you. you know? yeah. Just elaborating uh, on yeah. that strike rate, yeah, 24% win, 52% the place. And our Kobe son, what a difference uh, a barrier makes. He should have won first up with the better alley, but he bounced back and turned the tables on Tin Tookie with a weight advantage on the weekend. He's a nice horse bred in Queensland, I think, our Kobe son. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and and Probayashi's going very well up there. He's winning a lot of races. He's, I think his strike rate's phenomenal. Stallion up there. Uh, he's doing a really good job. Yes, it was a pretty painless watch, even though he just appeared ahead of a flat spot, but he was good late, wasn't he, uh, Kobe's yeah. son? He's still, he's still learning, and, and if you have a look middle stages, he just got trucking again. He just, just sort of wants to overdo it a little bit in those middle stages, which maybe, you know, gives him that little bit of a flat spot. He starts pulling a bit and it just sort of just takes that fraction out of him before he has to dig deep. So, you know, hopefully next couple of runs, he'll just sort of learn to relax a little bit more and, you know, learn his, learn his, learn his trade a little bit better. Yeah, well, that was 1100, wasn't it, on the weekend? Uh, that was a yeah. 78 rating race benchmark. Where do you go now? Have you scanned the calendar and found a good, a nice race for him next time? Look, there's a there's another 78 back at uh, Randwick. It's 1200. I'd I'd like to try him over the 12 to see if he can get it. Um, you know, and a Randwick 12 is probably a little bit harder than than you know up the rise. But um, that's possibly where we're going to go um, in about three weeks' time. Just with Kobe Ashi uh, on the back of your comments, he stands for eight thousand eight hundred dollars there at Aquas on the Gold Coast. Yeah. He's, if you look at his stats, he's got very, very good winning, winning, winning stats. All right. Well, that's our Kobe son. Congratulations there. Here's another mare that's uh, a pretty warm favourite this afternoon at Gosford. Tell me about Coco Dreaming. She's pretty lightly raced for a four-year-old by Pariah, a mare. Yeah. Yeah. Look, um, she's she's a lovely filly going forward. Um, she's always shown lots of ability, but she went Shinsaw a few times and then was very immature. It took a long time to sort of. She's probably only now sort of developed you know, and fully developed now. It took a long time to mature. Um, so hence hence her lightly raced um, figures. But, yeah, shows a lot of promise. So it'll be interesting today going up to the 1,200. A um, little bit of a sticky gate with gate eight. Um, they're always a bit tricky. You can tend to get caught, you know, three and four deep. But uh, that'll be sort of Gibbo's job to try and do the right thing. But at least Gosford, you've got, you know, long back straight. So... You know, and you've got the one turn, so hopefully we can get in before. She before was, the uh, turn. yeah, she returned a few weeks ago at Wyong. Um, she, midfield, she sat in that run second. Uh, what did you make of that? Did you have a chance that day, Coco? I think so. I think she was just probably a little bit like our Kobe son, you know, just came in on one trial, 
and just probably peaked on a run, I thought. You know, just, 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 uh, yeah, might have two trials, might have won first up herself as well. So we're second up here again, and uh, yeah, we'll see how we go today. And about five weeks between runs. Uh, what was the reason yeah. there, Angela? Yeah, um, yeah, just a couple of just a couple of wet tracks and just a couple of issues. And once again, I don't like, you know, unless I'm really happy with them, I, I don't like to just send them around for the sake of sending them around. So, you know, unless they're doing really well and thriving, you know, I don't see much point in sending them around when you know they're going to disappoint the owners. Good know? story with her too. She was inexpensive. It says here 5000 as a weanling, but 20000 at an English May sale. Yeah, yeah. So she's been a good buy as well. Yeah. Do you actually turn horses away, Angela? Do I? Mm. Um, not really. Because I imagine I'll you turn... could be <laughs> probably have double the amount of horse, what I'm saying. Yeah, no, no, I still, you know, still sort of, I've got a good lot of clients. Um, but, yeah, I don't get as much opportunity as you'd think. Well, that um, surprises me. Yeah, yeah, I, I just don't. But that's, you know, but I'm sort of happy with the amount I've got now. I really, you know, quite happy with um, a dozen horses in work. That sort of sees me out. Otherwise, it changes the whole structure of what I'm doing, and that's not really what I want to do. You know, I don't want to be. You don't want to be a power right. stable and have four different stables with a thousand horses. No, and me sitting on a computer. If I wanted an office <laughs> job, I'd go and work for Gossip Race Club and sit in the office. I can't know? imagine uh, having one of those stables and trying to trying to keep track of all those horses everywhere. Oh, I couldn't stand it. It'd be oh, yeah, and it, but it changes things. It's a com- completely different way of training. It is. So yeah. you're relying on staff and foremen and everyone else, and you're sitting on a computer most of the morning. So. Yeah. That, that's not me. But you would have noticed that. I've noticed it in particular, you know, whereas, you know, you often say at a Gosford program like today, you'd have three or four trainers that might only have, you know, 10 to 20 horses. That now a lot of these races are all dominated by the mass at the big stables with hundreds of horses. Um, yeah, I don't know that that's great for the punters, you know. I, I, I don't punt on races where, you know, a trainer's got four or five horses in a, you know, in a race, it's just, you know, how do you make sense of that? How do you pick how do you pick the horse that's going to win? And quite often it's not the one you think. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's um, There's a place for big stables, but I think once they dominate like that, I think punters definitely lose a bit of interest in, in betting when there's, you know, five and six horses in a race, you know, by the, with the same trainer. Well, they like your horses because when they win, they're often favourite. <laughs> so good luck yeah, today. Yeah, unfortunately, with... that's my... <laughs> That's my only negative. I should just keep running them around when they're not a hundred percent, and I'd be able to get a price somewhere. Eh? Just, just do. Don't change what you're doing. Thanks, Angela. No, no. Thanks very much. That's a pleasure. Bye. Yeah, Angela Davies, Coco Dreaming today, race seven, number four, into red figures there, around a dollar ninety at uh, Gosford seven four, and yeah, that horse out, Kobe Sunny was posted on a limb first up. Admittedly, they went slow, but still, I hate being out wide in any race. I don't care if they go fast or you know slow. If you're three wide, you're three wide. With zero cover, and uh, he was very good that day. And he probably he would have won if he had drawn a gate and had an economical run. And then, of course, uh, Tin Tookie on the weekend, a return clash, um, and turned the tables with the better weight structure there. Got an advantage weight-wise uh, because they were on level weights first up, and this time a kilo and a half better, and also had a perfect run. Box seat for James McDonald, and a few anxious moments there uh, when he just came off the bridle, but he got through and was strong on the line. So Angela's looking at a 1,200-metre race for our KB Sun in the future.